0: The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent, including Olaz Media.
1: OLAS Media. Olaz Media presents Reason 55. All right, fam. Welcome back to the community. Um, you know, my thought for the week is self-care but not a selfish self-care it's it's a care for ensuring that you take care of yourself so that you have the capacity to care about other people um and and with that look i i got my dude coming in today uh steph sanders uh funny cat truly entertaining And I think that you will be as inspired by his uh, renaissance presence as much as I am. And I look forward to it. So let's get into this today. Welcome, my guest, Steph Sanders. I'll see you on the other side, fam. Let's go. media presents reason 55 all right hey look we got my dude here today my my brother with the same name
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay you senior i'm junior (laughs) hey
1: look y'all i got my dude steph sanders here today uh comedian uh an entrepreneur an educator this dude is an actor wait oh that's how we met (laughs) that's how we met yeah yeah hey look I I just want to thank you for being here with me today Steph brother it is an absolute blessing man I'm happy to see you again um Obviously, the last time I, I it was at one of your shows, man. Was right my um, show, but here. here, man, it's good to be seen. <laughs>
0: everybody, everybody dropping, man, it's good to be seen, brother. I'm
1: glad <laughs> to be here. Well, let's do this, man. Why don't you just give everybody just a quick rundown of who you are, what you do? Wow, hey, well, it won't be quick. But, and then we're going to get into this
0: uh well my mom used to say jack of all trades master of none i'm doing i do everything from uh i I first like to say my, my two equal passions are entertainment and education so uh anything i do through one funnels the other and fuels the other so uh, my acting and comedy will fuel, uh, I'm taping a special, by the way, in February and March for Amazon Prime Netflix, which will fuel open me a school. So uh, that's why I, my passion is education and my passion is entertainment and comedy. Uh, off the Change Productions is my production, which houses everything, uh, barely tall enough comedy tour, uh, my real estate, um, HMR Property um, Solutions, real estate company. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm an educator of all fronts, uh, associate superintendent and a director of special education. I've been a principal the last 11 years, uh, educated for 16, uh, and I've been in comedy 17 and acting for 25. So, you know,
1: my man.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, look. OK, so uh, how we met. Let, let's <laughs> let's jump back to that. Um it, and it and it honestly was, and it wasn't just the name thing either, because oh. I didn't even know your name at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um. But we was on stage, man, auditioning for this play, um, and and the chemistry yeah. between me, you, Jorge, that was that was it, right? It was me, hey, you, yeah. and Jorge. Yeah. Auditioning yeah. at the same time, and it was just, it right, was right. dope. <laughs> And good thing our girl Sunshine saw it. And yeah, <laughs> look, man, um, I, I I just want how how long have, have you been? You said twenty five years you've been acting. Yeah, and you know what's what? Why? What? 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 What compels you into this arena of entertainment? Of of. Uh, of reaching out to people man putting yourself out there
0: yeah so originally what's funny is uh, I was adopted at seven uh and I was adopted because I went through all three forms of abuse physical sexual sexual emotional abuse by my biological mother and stepfather I was like once I got adopted I was in a shell I couldn't I couldn't read I didn't want to talk to people I was very very, uh you know just don't look at me in the eye and things of that nature my parents at that time put me in everything they wanted to open me up so all performing arts I was in dance, contemporary, ballet, jazz, all of the hip hop dance, uh, even tap. Uh, played I played 13 instruments. Um, uh, I went into uh yeah, all brass and all brass and keyboard. Um, but I went into then I got into acting, performing arts. I was on a, a kid actor show you might remember called Zoom. Um and then from there, you know, uh my my parent just just got me out of my shell. And what I used to do was to make friends at schools, um, I would will memorize all of the Richard Pryor, uh, George Kirby, Moms Mavely, um, all the records my parents listened to, uh, Bill Cosby, all of those things, without the curse words, and do them at school. And so um, that's how and we were cool in class. The teacher would give me the last 10 minutes, five minutes. So I was doing sets at age you know, nine, 10, 11 <laughs> in class. So it's,
1: it's so. truly, truly is in the blood at this point, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, and it
1: shows through, man. I I gotta give it to you the the comedy routines. Well, first off, the the performance on stage, man. That that just it inspired me, and yeah. and you made it infinitely easier for me to come out of my shell right. up there, man. It it, it was. Yeah, like we
0: talked about that. We we did that for each other. It was like. It was yeah, we had that real t- connection where it was like we we can make each other feel vulnerable and do that. Uh yeah, even even when we had scenes that weren't together, I was not even as vulnerable as I was when I was with you in scenes. So I I felt it immediately, so I knew it.
1: Man, brother A, yeah. hey, I, I just want to thank you, man. I I I wish <laughs> I wish we had done a little more recording of that. Of course, you know, my mom sitting out in the audience with her camera and there i'm it like nah, you can't <laughs> oh, get yeah it.
0: <laughs> you know mama go to record it. anybody gonna stop me you know mama recording it she's showing everybody on everywhere yeah but
1: they, but it was dope man it was dope um but okay the this off the chain man how first off how you come up with the name and
0: so, interestingly enough so the joke i do on stage is about my uncle marvin not pronouncing words right yeah uh, instead off the chain he said off the change and yada yada that's on the stage however to be honest with you um uh, uh my my best friend who is um, also my daughter's mom i'm uh, her mom is like my mother-in-law even though we were never married um she's um straight from texas tyler texas and she don't say no words right no words right, <laughs> <she's doing laughs> She saw my my comedy and she said, Boy, you off the change. You off the change. I said, You mean off the change, Miss Carolyn? She said, That's what I tried to say, but I'm saying it right. But I just, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's so funny that I said, I gotta take it. And so she said, Yeah, use that on stage. And so she gave me a whole bunch of other ones that she says that she really thinks she's saying right. But anyway, that's that molded into the Uncle Marvin and everything of that nature. So uh, but I put everything under that umbrella because it became a podcast, it became uh, my foodie channel. Um, I'm a foodie, so I do eating with Steph Sanders and yeah. I that as well. So I put everything under that umbrella off the change, and it just organically grew from there. I didn't have any thoughts about what it would be at first, and now everybody's just like, you should put everything on off the change. Even my tour is barely tall enough to under off the change. So
1: that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Okay. So the food, look, it's obvious that your boy like eating, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> What's the what's the best grub spot in Sacramento Ooh. that you have found?
0: So yeah, I'd have to go uh genres of food. So for instance, like uh sushi is crew, um right. some hive uh hawks is fantastic. Wait, then- wait,
1: what was Hawks?
0: Hawks is in Roseville. Okay. Uh, they also have a Hawks provisions on uh Alhambra and Stockton which is fantastic. Um, And then let's go um, Italian um, have to be, um, it's a place on Folsom. I give you a name. You asked me too quick. Indian
1: oven
0: oven in Burma is my favorite Indian food. Okay. Thai food, Bangkok garden. Okay. Um, So yeah, I I, I got collections of this on Yelp. As a matter of fact, so I am an elite Yelper. Let me put that out there. Alicia, right. So it's on you go to my page, Steph Sanders, you'll see Elite Status, and they have all my collections of places on there. Yeah. I just ate uh in Sacramento's one thing, and it's great and fantastic, some hidden gems. But I yeah. went to number one foodie place Portland um two weeks ago. And it is uh it's all that they say, man. Uh really it's yes. I did number one restaurant and uh now in Esquire Magazine owned by a brother called Khan. It's Haitian food, Haitian fine dining. Uh-huh. that's Haitian food, best food I've had in probably my top five meals of my life. Oh, you're kidding me. Yep.
1: On. yeah. How, how do you spell it? K-A-N-N. K-A-N-N. In yeah. Portland, huh? In okay. Portland. Yeah. It's an right S-K-A-N-N. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. You got, brother, I, and I go with you. Let's go. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I did shows out there, but I only had one show, and I did eight meals. So I, I went out there. For-
1: <laughs> Wait, how you fit? Eight meals in on one
0: one. People love going places with me because I'm the ultimate planner. So like I do breakfast, brunch, uh late afternoon, uh late, late lunch, and then dinner each day for two days.
1: Wait, come on, Steph. Man, mm-hmm. you are fit. How do you eat that much? Man,
0: at- I got the metabolism of third grader. My
1: metabolism <laughs> <is> a <laughs> gift and a curse. But That's well, a blessing, yeah. man. That's yeah. a blessing. Yeah. So, okay. Speaking of third graders, what's the youngest grade you've ever taught? And I've the- gone down to
0: kindergartners, but God bless them. It's kinder. It's a special place in heaven for kindergarten teachers. I can't do it. <laughs> My favorite is fifth for the curriculum. Fifth grade. Okay. Okay. Um, but I've, I've, you know, I've taught. I, when I first started teaching, I taught second, second grade, and I love second graders. But I prefer like starting in like fifth. <laughs>
1: Okay, that's, that's and, I, cool. and,
0: and 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 stopping uh uh eighth because high school is just on a whole nother level now. They are, are ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> I like leading the school, but I don't like teaching them no more. I like leading <laughs> school, but they on a whole nother level of uh, they I was like man, they they do things
1: and say things and that we never even thought about. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man! I got a a, a nine year old granddaughter, man. That she says things, and I and I just have to look over my shoulder, like, dude, where you get this from? I, right, right. I'm 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 almost sixty, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. We were driving, <laughs> we were driving past a restaurant, and it was called Popular. She looks over. I looked over, too. And, you know, you just look around when you're not driving. And it didn't. It registered, but it didn't process. Right. The parking lot was empty. She says, that's funny. Restaurants called popular, but ain't nobody there. Right,
0: <laughs> See, <laughs> hey, but that's the kind of wise beyond your years that you want right there. That's right there. I, I like her. That she's the one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I remember one time. I think we were we were backstage or something, man. And we were or maybe it was during rehearsal. I don't know, but I, I remember asking you, "How do you come up with your routines?" Mm-hmm. And you told me it takes about a year to come up, come up huh?
0: To come up with an hour, yeah really yeah perfecting hour it's funny because i'm doing all of that now because when i take the special you can't once you use once you tape a special or use it for tv it's done that material is dead so you have to have material backing it up right now so i have to i'm coming up with a whole nother hour right now um and you know i, I have actually about it uh, on stage and headlining i do about an hour 25 hour 30 um and then i uh, so they only want you to do an hour but i always go over it. anyway uh, so I, I can I I'm coming up with a whole another hour now, so I want to actually have two hours where I can just tape a spec another special and, and back into that, and I can just have the other hour where I tour. Yeah, but yeah, it takes now, about it takes about a year to come up with a, a good hour, really.
1: Yeah, and and now is it possible in that year to come up with multiple, or is it that you're you're just kind of like singularly focused on the development of that one.
0: You can. What happens though, though you just when this in this comedy, the more you do it, the more it sharper it becomes. So if you're focusing on too much, i mm. become both average as opposed to both, you know, really sharp. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But I but I get it because that's what in your mind you're thinking, oh, I can just do. But then you realize, oh man, I I uh I'm, I'm not doing, I'm not giving that joke any justice because I don't do it every night like I should. And I'm yeah. going back to another joke and that's okay. But this is, you know, so it's like, let me just, let me just focus and, and get this hour sharper or um, lengthen the joke. So if you find out a joke or, you know, three steps to a joke, a premise, a setup and a punchline.
1: Okay.
0: You find a premise that works and the people like, you know, you put it out there, then you just work on lengthening that joke and, and making it uh, bigger, better, sharpening it. So it becomes a, from a, a one minute bit to a five minute to a 10 minute to a 15 uh 20 minute bit
1: really yeah. so it it's almost like you you do a, a a maybe a a in in layman's terms like test to yeah. see if something will roll
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah i always my 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 met, everybody has their own method my method is so I always will, um, cause I get bored easily. So I always do new material. A lot of people don't like doing new material; they like doing the tried and true. Yeah. I'll put it in the middle of my set. So if it doesn't work, I can always go back to my tried and true. And they always know I'm funny because I started out with funny, right? So right. in the middle, I will do um, at least two to three premises, just in setups to see if they're funny. And they may, they may not, they may be thirty second. They may be just quick one liners. They yeah. may be, you know, whatever. But then I'll say, OK, that worked. That didn't work. And I always try them three times. If they work th- the two out of three times or, you know, three times, then they're good. They don't work. If they only work once, I don't I don't keep it. So,
1: OK, man. <laughs> so it's like it. it's, it's legitimately real work. Yes. And it's, it's not just standing up there being a wise, a wise guy.
0: No, we make it we make it look like uh, people make it look like that, but it is actually work. It is actually where people think, you know, it's, it's funny you just said that because um, there's this thing now in the comedy community that a lot of Internet comedians who don't do they do social media um, comedy, not stand up. Really, they um, now have messed it up for stand ups because now crowds when crowds just want to hear crowd work, what we call crowd work. And that is, like you said, just being a wise, wise guy or just talking <laughs> You know, saying stuff to the audience or talking about each person in the audience or whatever. Yeah. And not coming up with any jokes. And so um, that that people now are not having the um uh, the the mindset that or the patience to listen to jokes now for an hour. <laughs> like a lot of headliners now, clubs or shows that have you only do 20, 30 minutes rather than the hour. Now they pay you the same amount and it's cool, that's cool, but we're used to doing an hour. Yeah. So it kind of is messing with the art. Uh, stand-up now, the classic art, but you know it'll come, it'll all come back centric.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, okay, let me ask you, you, you touched on earlier when you were younger, listening to albums and such, and 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 comedians. Who's your favorite comedian? I'm all time, uh, all time,
0: mine is uh, Richard Pryor and Bernie Mac on oh, my oh, yeah. all-time uh, best story <laughs> is, is, yeah the best storyteller though is bill Coffee. i know we can't everybody don't like to say his name but he's the best storyteller man,
1: ever. hey look man I, I i this whole concept of cancel of, yeah <laughs> of cancel culture man um look i am not absolving the the dude of what he did right. but his cultural contribution yeah separate to, the art from the person yeah and and look man i i grew up watching the cosby show and right. and listening to bill cosby yeah. and the dude actually look it, there were things that he said that were you know he was the 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 clean he was the clean introduction to reality of living black in america yeah, yeah and yeah. i you know th- that that helped me realize that i wasn't crazy yeah. i wasn't the only, <laughs> right. you know, I, I wasn't the only cat that was experience seeing and experiencing some right. of this stuff so yeah I, okay like i said not absolving the dude of his creepy behavior Right. His criminal behavior or whatever that but the stuff that he did as entertainment yeah. that he did as contributions to the culture of America and to the world, man, right. yeah, you, I'm am I'ma keep listening to Michael Jackson. Right. right? crazy as our kelly, as kelly is his music was dope and and i know that's gonna you know it's gonna cause some people to probably send jc some hate mail about me but i but I, it's so I, many
0: people that we could just name and it again we can't pick and choose to say okay we're not we're gonna cancel this person and not that person because everybody's done something like they talk about elvis elvis yes. was, Married to a 14-year-old, but nobody's talking about that. They still uh, you know, whatever. So it, it's like you can't pick and choose and again I separate the art and their contribution, like you said, from the yeah. person. Because, exactly. And I always say, man, I you know, I'd hate to be uh I'm so I'm so glad I'm not one of these perfect people that's judging because uh I, I hey, like, man, like, nobody's perfect. I can't believe people go that far. I'm like, come on, man, we all have been delivered for something or waiting to be delivered from something. So you tripping on somebody else's, come on, it's ridiculous. But yeah, he's, he's the best storyteller ever. Uh, I, I listen to, you know, you, I listen to now, see his uh, his specials, and he did a 30-minute bit on going to the dentist. Like, that's crazy, that's brilliant, you know, and just because it's something we all we all have done. Yeah. To think about, but just how funny he made just going to the dentist and just, you know, crazy things like that. So, that's yeah.
1: wild, man. Okay, contemporary version. Man, best, so,
0: best. Right now, so uh my my good friend rest in peace david arnold just passed away as one of my favorites mm. uh, uh said entertainer early said uh chris rock and, and chris rock and dave chappelle um yeah. be the goats for me and then uh again rest in peace i was his opener patrice o'neill
1: oh man
0: Dave's, and uh, i you know had the opportunity to be his um opener for two years and so that was that was just insane to be around him and, uh, hear yeah, that comedy every night. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: man. Okay. Rising stars that, that I, cause I I've been to a couple of your shows brother and I see you bringing some cats along Yeah, that I, I, I'm sitting in the audience trying not to be who I am and laughing yeah. my yeah. butt off. Yeah. But who who are some rising stars that you've seen that you that you just like? Yeah, this this person, this Man, person.
0: It's so many of those. Um, like I like um, like the people I bring: Aurora Singh, Tammy T Love, um, Tavi's uh, one of my favorites.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, a lot of you know um, Ivy Cordova. Then you got my boy Lance Woods, Mike Mikey Winfield um we in the same class myself yeah. Keyless. uh man there's so many and uh, now that i love bring. oh wood delane my little brother wood um yeah I, it's a lot that, that are that are you know coming now that i like their their edginess and um bringing a different type of funny so i love them ronji uh I, opportunity just to work with so many people now and and making it in comedy is like if you're working a comedian first, that's the that's first of all, that's the first goal, to be a working comedian. So you're going on the okay, road. Okay, wait,
1: get, hold on. So, uh, I, wait, were you about to explain what's a working comedian? Yeah, yeah, stating so that's okay, the, first, right. the first
0: thing, right? And then, so making it is different to everybody. So we got some people that just say, I just want to be working con- comic. I just want to travel, be on the road. Yeah. Some people say, From this, I want to get mo- get into movies and TV. Some people say, I want to get into, whatever the case may be, right? Um, and, t- and talk shows or whatever. So there's avenues for everybody to go into, but so making it is uh, relative depending on what your goal is to get in it. But that first step is to be a working comic and just even have your name mentioned because, um, you, you know, you're getting to work and you're head- being a headline,
1: yeah. you know? Yeah. Man. yeah. Well, look, I like I said, man, I when I get the opportunities to jump in and sit down and in, in the audience and listen to you, man, I Always walk away entertained, man. And, and, you know, the wife is sitting there elbowing me. She's like, you got to be quiet. I'm like, it's a comedy show. <laughs> it's a comedy my show. man, it's funny. Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> funny. It's, we say that as, as comedians after COVID, we had to teach people how to laugh again. Because we realized and COVID, it, uh, it was so funny. They're at home watching Zoom shows, if they watch comedy at all. And then we would go on the road, and people are sitting there just, like, not laughing. Like, they're laughing, but not laughing. And we're like, wow! You got to teach these because they think now they think, oh, we got to watch. We're watching on our computers or whatever. We're like, no, we're live. You can laugh again. You can, you know, like you said, it's a comedy show. You're supposed to be laughing.
1: Okay. Now, so, so I got two questions for you. One, how does this, these, these, this, this apparent inability to deal with comedy, the recognition that these are jokes, people. And I look, they may be hitting close to home, but I find those are the kind of you know jokes yeah. that that land. But these people that are being seriously offended.
0: Yeah.
1: How does that how does that impact you know your arena, man? How how it are is. comedians dealing with that? How are you dealing with it?
0: Well, a couple of things you know, um you you always have to write try to try to write not to offend anybody, but to um uh kind of awaken some sense in, sense in people and mm-hmm. And also we have this thing we're fighting this it's, it's this thing like everybody has this thing of now I um I should be valid. my feelings have to be validated, I should be validated, so yeah. um uh, my identity should be validated, whatever I want that to be and so forth. And my i mean, ang- I'm, I'm anxious. I mean, I'm my anxiety has to be validated. And we're on stage, like, okay, we feel all that, but we can't validate all seventeen thousand y'all in, in the arena, or five hundred in the comedy club. But yeah. and plus, we're just telling our story. If it offended you, I'm sorry. It wasn't about offending offending you, but I'm telling you, uh, we are the social comics, social commentary for the world. Absolutely. You know, so we tell our stories or through you know there's different types of comic topical observational so forth and so on and so those topical and observational comics like myself yeah we often now like tread lightly so in certain states I won't do certain jokes certain cities I won't really? do certain, yeah and it's certain places that take kindly more to jokes I do than others and so it's um, a very interesting time and and so you you know even like they went in a lot, went into my my team and I was like, where are you gonna take your special? And I said, definitely California, because it's more centric right now. Cause if I go somewhere else, uh, I'm from Dayton, Ohio. I go to Ohio, it's it's so um split in 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 Ohio. And the South is a lot more open. However, I'm not from the South, but and they they uh, they tend to not be um uh, as offended so easily. But yeah. it's just, it's really a trip right now. And and you just really have to just kind of take it on, you know. With a, a grain of salt and say, some nights going to be better than others. Um, mm-hmm. But what you're used to killing sometimes, and places that you're used to just doing so well, you're not anymore as much because they are like,
1: oh,
0: or we don't like that anymore, you know. But I do. Then there's comics who, and I and I love them for being so brave. They they don't give a damn and like walking audiences. So you know, <laughs> Corey Holcomb he said, if 10 people don't walk on my show. I didn't do my job." Jesus on there used to be that do that uh yeah. Paul was like that you know, yeah. and they don't you know just they're not giving in to this fragility of people's feelings and yeah like and and the thoughts and whatever and plus people have to get over it, man, you know, it's like we gotta get back so you know how stuff changes it always goes one way all the way to the right or left, and it comes back centric and that's yeah. what this is gonna happen, but people have to you know get over it man This if people are gonna say things that offend you, okay. Get a good therapist and you'll be all right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to get back to that therapist point, but you talk about your, about our society. Mm -hmm. Does your comedy, how are, I'm assuming it does. Does comedy play into the way you engage with young people does it it does it help? Does it hurt? Do you not utilize it or is it a skill set? I I, that's,
0: that's funny you say that. So I typically if some, you told anybody that to, any students that interacted with me and told them I, were, I was a comedian, they probably look at you like you're crazy. Like not Dr. Sanders. He don't play, you know, because I'm much more I'm not I'm not say serious and stern there, but I'm just more about business and yeah. and let them kind of be the comics. Which the kids, they
1: are, or yeah, they think I, they are? <laughs> I let the kids
0: because you know sometimes they'll give me material or you know whatever, but I let them be the comics and only did that because not because I didn't want to show kids you could be funny and so forth, but being a black uh, educational leader, and it's only a few of us. I never wanted to be seen as a, a clown or give them a reason. Um, the the um, the the masses do to to give me a reason not to. Uh, promote me and not to give me a school or make me a superintendent oh he's just a joke he's just a jokey joke they only get along with him because he's funny and blah 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 as opposed to I want him to see my professional prowess and then you know that's just on the side but yeah I don't uh, so that was my reasoning for
1: it yeah okay all right and and look when I found that out about you about being an educator and a super superintendent principal man I was like (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, because, I mean, we like I said, we met on stage, and, and it was just like, I dig, dude. He's got a cool vibe. And then when I found out it was Dr. Sanders, I was like, oh, we we got multiple, multiple layers under here. <laughs> right, right, right,
0: right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I like just putting that hat on to the side, whatever, and I'll put that hat on when I leave. But, yeah, I uh, typically just do that. But I do want to, It's like, for instance, I said I want to school, my own school, and I want to bring back performing arts in schools. Oh, um, my man. So I, I would teach, you know, a comedy class and, a, and an acting class and bring you in. That's what I want to do, Bring and and for the community and so forth and, and bring that back, music, all those things. Because I think it made a lot more well-rounded people, first of all, too. And people that did that and do that, they have a much more uh, – they're able to adjust and adapt to the world um, better for some yeah. for whatever reason. But there is there is study and research behind it. But now these kids that don't do anything, it's yeah. like, you know, if you're not good at school or gaming, what you
1: do? Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, let me ask: Is that because? I, and and I wish someone had been a little more outreaching or are assertive about entertainment about acting um when I was younger do you do you believe that that was kind of like therapy yeah definitely
0: definitely it is therapy so uh it is the stage is therapy for me um I'm able to sometimes when I have my worst days I have my best sets Mm. um and, uh not sometimes most of the times have my uh, best assessment when I have my worst days or worst moments or whatever the case may be because I make it clear and I like I I tell my kids at school I'm very open about my what I went through and then I I do have depression and depersonalization disorder um but I, I I I thrive in spite of and and you know all of that and I'm able to compartmentalize those compartmentalize those things and mental health is big for me especially with black men black yeah. males um so yeah the stage is therapy for me. And that's what I thats what I mean. Like, there's no outlet for kids other than if you don't, sports and, and so on. Not everybody's good at sports. Right. And so, you know, other than that, we need, you know, you need another outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that performing arts gave you the outlet. Music, playing instruments. I was talking to, I talked to a lot of in- uh, persons who are musicians and they say, man, this, we, we, we have a hard time now auditioning people and finding people to audition for bands and stuff now because it's not a lot of musicians anymore um because that 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 dearth of uh the performing arts and when they took all those things away around the schools and everything just it took that
1: away yeah look i wholeheartedly agree i i think that we need to put arts back into our education system and pour as much money as we do in for sports yeah and um because it look i was in rotc choir but i was also i also ran track and cross country and if i do say so myself i wasn't damn bad (laughs) (laughs) but were it not for those things man i was an introvert yeah and and i didn't didn't really look i got a best friend uh that we still talk he's in texas uh Dwayne that introduced me to rap music i was 18 years old 17 years old and it never heard rap music and granted i i'm from that generation it was the birth of rap <laughs> but um but urban music you know r&b the you know the uh, smoky the yeah. temptations yeah um Herbie man, <laughs> um, but other, but as far as you know, our my generation, um, urban music, rap music, R and I had no exposure to it because yeah. I was an introvert. And I, before I forget this, depersonalization disorder, yeah
0: depersonalization disorder uh, that's where if you suffer trauma in your life what you do is your subconscious now sets that up so that any triggers um, that even uh, remotely um, simulates anything you went through you'll cut them off so like it, it, it's depersonalization basically affects relationships either you know um, opposite sex relationships or even like friend relationships so for instance let's say i'm with a am with a young lady and we're dating and everything's going well and she um she for instance my trigger um was let's just say um eating 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 certain foods because that's when I used to get the worst whoopings or the worst abuse when I didn't eat the food or when they, I didn't like the food and so forth and so she makes those foods i'm like I can't date you no more oh wow so that's the a, an oversimplified example no but, but yeah. So even if I don't say it, I shut off, I start. And so she'll be like, dang, you know, the week could go by. Did you, What did I do? What happened this week? We had a good week and everything. And then, you know, you made them beans. And she's like, what? And what I made beans? And then it becomes an issue. Uh, and then you, you know, I'm not able to get back over, until with therapy I am now, uh, over years and years of therapy. I was diagnosed at 13 years old. So but then you're not able to get back in love with that person. You basically, sh- it's done. It's a wrap. Really, they've triggered something that in your subconscious again that you that you, that trauma, whether it's you fire uh, a fire, you almost drown, whatever the case may be, yeah. uh, domestic abuse, those things, yeah.
1: So it's an association thing. That, yes. Yeah. That, that, wow.
0: Mental. Man. Yeah. And it's not it's, the hard part about it is it's it's automatic. It's, it's what your subconscious does not. What you're conscious of doing, so it's it's hard for you to even, but you gotta recognize it's coming. So now what therapist therapy it does is help you recognize it's coming, or to, and then say coping with that that one particular instance and saying, I'm safe, you yeah. know, you know, whatever, and then moving on.
1: But but it's but it, in therapy you are you learn to recognize it. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Man. Okay. So therapy, Mm -hmm. especially for brothers, because look, I got a a regular Friday appointment. (laughs) Um, Monday Monday and Thursday. Mm -hmm. How, why, why don't black men, more black men, let me, let me rephrase that why don't more black men recognize not just the value, but held the need for it. Cause if you a black man in America, yeah. you've been through some mess and you are, are you going through some mess? Yeah. Well I,
0: uh, well, I put it to you like this. So um, I say racism works and I would say that because of this, with, it, with everything that was good for us. So for instance, Let's say you uh, learning about financial health and, and learning about uh, finance and stocks, bonds, and those things. When white folks told us, oh, you don't need to know those things. They don't need to, and, mm-hmm. and they tell the the right people and the right black folks, you don't need to know those things. And that's boring. Or that's that's what we do. That ain't what you do. Well, then it becomes toxic in the community for you to know those things, right? Yeah. And then we realize, oh, 80 years later, damn, we should have known that because black Wall Street knew it and certainly, and we could have been thriving, blah, blah, blah. Same thing with like, like uh, therapy, anything that was going to help us, they told us wasn't good for us. So anything you, you tell people that it's not good for them, and you have indoctrinated them into your uh, into this culture and make them feel like they're second class citizens, and we know what's best for you. Uh, that pa syndrome that, that 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 the white masses had over us. Then it becomes toxic. So then our uncles tell us, "Oh no, black people don't do no therapy." Right, and and then now your grandparents will tell you that, and it's, it just runs down runs runs down the line when they're exhibiting all the behaviors that therapy would have helped. Right, Lester violence, drug abuse, uh, you name it. You know, um, male to- uh, 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 toxic masculinity, all of those things. And so now, all these years later, we're like, you know, we would just. Told everything the wrong way. So now people are slowly uh doing it to save marriages and save this that, and other. Just like they would actually tell us marriage is not for us. Marriage for everybody. That's why you you gotta have more than I remember the first game you play at school, and you play when you talk to girls is how many numbers can you get? Not get the prettiest girl numbers, how many? So it's quantity, right? right? and I remember fifth grade a guy telling us and with my uncle and all of us he had a girlfriend. My uncle said, You only got one girlfriend?
1: So, mm. again,
0: these things that were are putting our society in our minds that said marriage is not for us, uh, monogamy is not for you, so forth and so on, it becomes the way we think and the way we believe. And, it's, it, you know, once it's in our society, in our community, yeah, it takes it, generations it, it to, take to, yeah, to, to, to break that curse. So now people often say, you know, like, man, I, I have to help my community, so I got to help myself first. Yeah. So therapy becoming much more uh, of a thing, and it's becoming cooler. And and again, then when people started talking about it, so that's why I, I'm very clear about saying to people and talking to people about it. When people that you respect do it, um, you know, or that you love, like admire, the celebrities do it, you're like, oh, it must be cool then.
1: Absolutely. So let me go do it. Well, look, because I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. I, I think that. Therapy look, and if you married, are you in a relationship? You need therapy.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but I also see our younger generation less constrained by the the that societal stigma about expressing their emotions. Yes. Um how, how 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 has that affected education um, in, in your eyes? Have, have you seen? Well, um,
0: again, um, all the way to the right, and these come back centric because now it's like I just heard. So I, I think you, ex military, too, right?
1: Yeah, Marine.
0: So we, you know, do you know now? Yes, you know now. Basic training, they give them cards, and if they don't feel like doing anything in that day, they 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 come in to wake them up. They give it to the drill sergeant. You, I don't, I don't feel like doing that today. Here you go, this yellow card. Yeah. So that's when I heard that, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" So it's um, it's almost too crazy now. So just like in school, um, you know, a girl come they come to school and they're like, "You know what? My anxiety is acting up today because I just I just stay in here. I don't want to go to math." Mm. So it's like, yeah, we get it. You have anxiety. We do, if people have emotions and should be validated and, and so forth. But we need to do it. So it's almost like, again, all the way to the right. We don't have, to, it, you need to be toughened up some too. And it yeah. was okay to have tough love to say, fight through something, um, to have resilience and grit, because now it's not even have it anymore. People quit and still get a trophy for the team. And, you know, yeah, not, this
1: participation stuff, man
0: it's like sorry (laughs) and say what they will you know they try to say oh you that's old school whatever there is something to merit to it because a lot of us uh when we didn't get one we worked harder to get one now i'm gonna get one so like i say the example in class if i know i'm gonna get i'm gonna pass a class whether i do f work or a work why would i do a work why would i do because you know, now and then you get to 10th grade and and uh, then they decided the Common Core Standards came about because a person was graduating college and they were going to these businesses and, and they couldn't do anything that the degree said they should be able to do. Right. So the CEOs were like, "What what's going on? they find out again, I think you heard that in, in California, if you graduated from my high school with a high school diploma back to, up to 2014, you really graduated with an eighth grade education. That's how behind, uh-huh. yes, that's how behind it was. And so now uh, uh, people aren't fighting. There's no grit, determination to get better and to, to fight through things. So like now my 10th graders and 11th graders are reading at second, third grade levels. And these aren't kids in special education. These are just general education kids. So they passed along. You get, yep, you get to pass. Yep, go ahead. All your anxiety, oh, keep going, keep going, whatever. So then you 10th, 11th grade, you can't read the application. You can't. Uh, you are looking at me like, well, when I, I wasn't getting a football scholarship. I'm hurt now, and I can These are, and this is not some of the kids. This is most of the kids. This was really scaring me right now because uh, they they really cannot. They're functionally illiterate, and so, but it was because we didn't we coddled them. We didn't make them do anything. They they don't teach cursive anymore. They don't teach grammar. There's nothing they have to know. It's like, yeah, just do this and keep going.
1: Yeah. So I mean, what? How how do we? How do we even start to address this, bro? Because yeah, it's you
0: know what. That's why I do love um, people say what they want to do about charter schools because charter schools at least I can make a difference with these five six hundred kids in my programming. So I don't have to go along with the district programming that says for the masses we're going to just keep it like this. They can just do the participation. Well, these five seven hundred are going to be different. Um, so because I can create my own programming, I can do what I need to do to give them that. And the parents come there voluntarily. They want this for their kids. But yeah. so the ones who choose. it can come. And so that's but basically until um, the powers that be, say, in, in all these superintendents and, and programs around the world, which I know a few, a couple. But it's the problem is so large. Yeah. Uh, and even we have the teacher shortage. We have the teacher, the teacher prep programs, which are terrible now. Because they try to turn them out quickly to get to deal with the shortage. And you got teachers that really, you know, can't can't do anything. I I have math teachers that tell me with master's degrees, they say I can't, I can't teach this math. I can't really do my math, I didn't have to do any of this in my master's program. And I'm like, you're kidding me, right? So you know, it's a it's a massive problem. Um, so those because those kids who we were just talking about participation trophies and anxious and anxiety and all those feelings now graduate and then they become teachers and they oh, become managers man. and they become the ones so they're just like
1: so it we're literally spiraling like, down we keep yeah. lowering the bar exactly keep lowering the bar man okay yeah. i, I, <laughs> I, I what well, and it goes to this whole the whole Concept you you talked about these internet comedians changing the expectation of the audience and the quality of work. Mm-hmm. Man, mm, yeah, that's that's frightening. Yeah.
0: That's, that's <sighs> yeah, yeah, very, very much so. It's like wow. But Everything. they won't give it to him. Nobody wants to work for anything at all. It's like, just give it, just give me the information. Just give me the, the answer.
1: So. <laughs> Man, Steph, I'm assuming. And and forgive the the inside plug. <laughs> I'm assuming that this is the reason that you are engaged in the things that you're doing. Yes. You change that.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely, it's, and it'd be so easy. A lot of people say, "Won't you just do comedy and forget about education?" And my, my, I just can't do it. But my parents were both educators, and they raised me that way. And about the community and being, uh you have to be connected to your community and mm-hmm. connect to problems and issues. And if, you, if you're not, you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. So, amen to that. I uh, so I just, it's just in my ilk. So I just, I just, you know, I try to go away from it. I actually, did. And then I was like, ah, I can't I can't do that, though. I have to go lead uh, these education, educators and people in the in the right direction, because, you know, I think it's a travesty if you have the information to have them skill to not do it. It's like, yeah, it's selfish It's selfish. It is. And we live in and And, and again, this selfish society, too, because we are all looking out for each just ourselves, just whatever. It used to be villages, you know, the, the things of the village are gone away. Uh, we were just talking the other day about how if you got in trouble in the neighborhood, you got in trouble by so and so
1: everybody,
0: everybody, <laughs> and everybody's looking. Now everybody, nope, I ain't minding my own business. I ain't saying nothing, and then because the parents are come cuss you out and the kids are cuss you out. It's man, uh,
1: mm. right? But look, I, I'm I'm all about. i, I look this podcast. I lead off saying family, community, yeah. welcome back, and. Because that, that whole village concept, mm-hmm. man, that's how I grew up. All right, fam, this was a, this was truly a great conversation. Um, if you enjoyed this and you have any comments, suggestions, or uh, guest ideas, email me at StephB at Reason55.com. Um, you can find this podcast and others at OlasMedia.com. And with that, until next time, this is your boy, Steph B, sitting here right on the porch. I'll be waiting for you to come back again. Olas Media presents Reason 55.